0: Art takes, not hot takes. This is Everyone is Wrong, a counterintuitive pop culture podcast. I'm your host, Seth Sommerfeld. Thanks for listening. With Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse arriving in theaters soon, I figured it was time for some Spidey talk on the podcast, but we're taking an approach that's more Venom than Peter Parker. Over the next two episodes, my guest and I will take turns taking shots at the two mostly critically acclaimed box office smash Spider-Man film trilogies that exist. First up, I'm hopping on my glider and throwing some pumpkin grenades at Sam Raimi's 2000s Spider-Man trilogy starring Tobey Maguire. Everyone is wrong, but I am not. And here in person, serving as my counterbalance, is returning champion Jason Baxter. Thanks for coming on again, Jason. Of course.
1: And and you are wrong, but okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, that's, we're going to, I'm doing the Sam Raimi trilogy right now. And then Jason will follow that up, taking shots at the MCU Spider-Man trilogy.
1: Oh man, I got so much ammo loaded up.
0: So that's what's on deck. Is, yeah. This was our approach to Spider-Man because I didn't run across anybody who wanted to defend the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. No one should. No one should. They're not good. And, um, yeah, I think we have countertakes. I, I don't know. Are you in the same boat of spider versus the best Spider-Man movie? Yes. And yeah. that's
1: why we're not talking
0: about it. Right. It's like, great. It's
1: easily brilliant. Yes. Yeah.
0: So uh, another note, we're because we have to talk about trilogies and things happening, we're going to be spoiling like everything. So if for some reason yeah. you are listening to a long Spider-Man podcast and have not seen any of the Spider-Man film. That's on you. What are you doing? Yes. Okay. Anyway, so let's get into the background of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man is a 2002 superhero movie directed by Sam Raimi of Evil Dead fame. It is based on the Marvel comic book character created by Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. The film stars Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, Kirsten Dunst as his romantic interest Mary Jane Watson, James Franco as his rich kid best friend Harry Osborn, and Willem Dafoe as Harry's dad, Norman Osborn, the CEO of Oscorp, who becomes the supervillain Green Goblin. Nerdy high school teenager Peter Parker suddenly gets spider-related powers when he's bitten by a genetically altered spider while on a high school tour of Oscorp. After figuring out his powers, he enters into a pro wrestling match to get some money so that he can buy a car to impress his neighbor slash crush Mary Jane. Yes. The promoter stiffs him. So when the promoter is subsequently robbed, Peter does not do anything to stop the crook. The crook ends up killing Peter's pseudo father, Uncle Ben, leaving him in the care of his Aunt May. Inspired by Ben's words that with great power comes great responsibility, Peter begins using his spider powers to fight crime as Spider-Man while saving Mary Jane multiple times and also picking up a gig shooting pictures of Spider-Man for the tabloid The Daily Bugle run by J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson. Spider-Man gains a formidable foe when Norman Osborn, desperate to secure a military contract for Oscorp, tests dangerous performance-enhancing chemicals on himself. The chems end up making Norman super strong, but break his brain, creating an evil Green Goblin persona that overpowers Norman's psyche. The Green Goblin assassinates Oscorp board members that threaten to remove Norman from power and offers Spider-Man a chance to team up with the Green Goblin to sort of rule the city. Peter refuses, and eventually Norman attacks Aunt May and kidnaps Mary Jane. Eventually, Spider-Man defeats the Green Goblin when Norman is impaled by the spikes of his own glider, but when Spider-Man returns Norman's body to the Osborn home, Harry sees him, and thus blames Spider-Man for his father's quote-unquote murder. After previously all but confessing his love to MJ when they were visiting Aunt May in the hospital, Mary Jane then confesses her feelings towards Peter at Norman's funeral, but he says he can only be friends with her because, unknown to her, he doesn't want her getting caught up in Spider-Man business. Yep. So that's the plot to the first movie, but Spider-Man has been on the screen for longer than that. He was first brought to the screen via CBS's 19... 77 The Amazing Spider Man TV series and plans for proper Spider Man movies were in development for decades prior to this film, including having directors James such Cameron. as yeah. James Cameron, uh, Toby Hooper, uh, Roger Corman, and stars like Tom Cruise and Leo DiCaprio tabbed at different points to be the leads. Spider Man was released on May 3rd, 2002. And was a historic box office smash, the first movie ever to earn $100 million in its opening weekend, on the way to making $825 million, by far the largest superhero movie ever to that point? Uh, Yeah, right
1: after X-Men, I think, which was also like a big smash. Yeah,
0: and of course, sequels were going to come with that sort of success. All of the principals returned for 2004's Spider-Man 2, with the villain this time being... Dr. Otto Octavius slash Dr. Octopus, played by Alfred Molina. Oscar winning special effects. Yes. By John
1: Dykstra. Uh, Just want to shout that out.
0: Yep. Now fully locked into being Spider Man, Peter struggles to keep the rest of his life in check. He neglects his friendship with Mary Jane, leading her to get engaged to Jameson's astronaut son, John. And he and Harry grow apart because he won't reveal Spider-Man's identity to Harry and his grades are falling apart at university. Aunt May might have her house foreclosed upon and it's all this mess because he's too busy with Spider-Man business. Peter is trying to do a paper for school on Dr. Otto Octavius and Harry is employing Otto at Oscorp. So he hooks them up and they meet and then Peter is on hand when Dr. Octavius is trying his first demonstration to seek fusion power, the process to do this fusion power requires him to use an A.I. machine with nearly invulnerable octopus like arms. When the test goes awry, the chip protecting Otto's brain from the A.I. breaks and his wife is tragically killed. Otto decides he can't abandon his work, so he decides to rob until he can finance a bigger version of the experiment.
1: Yeah, yeah. He wants to uh, uh, harness the power of the sun.
0: Yes, that's that's the way that he puts it. And, you know, in theory, it's a good, noble thing. The problem is he might just destroy everything.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Frustrated by his failing personal life, Peter gives up being Spider-Man, only to be called back into duty when Doc Ock kidnaps Mary Jane because Harry enlists Doc Ock to bring him Spider-Man alive so he can kill him and Peter is the Spider-Man's photographer so he should know how to get a hold of him exactly yeah Doc Ock delivers but Harry hesitates when he removes Spider-Man's mask only to find that it's Peter Spidey then goes to save MJ and stop Doc Ock revealing to MJ that he is Spider-Man in the process he saves the day and the two decide to be a couple but things aren't all great as Harry discovers his dad's green goblin lair. Yep. Spider-Man Two was released on June 30th, 2004, and was another box office smash, bringing in 789 million dollars. It was an even bigger critical hit, regarded as one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Absolutely. And then that led to 2007's Spider-Man Three, which brought back McGuire, Dunst, and Franco. And a lot of the other key characters it also brings in Bryce Dallas Howard as Peter's sometimes love interest Gwen Stacy and a loaded rogues gallery including Thomas Hayden Church as Flint Marco aka the Sandman and Topher Grace as Eddie Brock slash Venom things are going pretty great at the start of this film for Peter everyone loves Spider-Man MJ is finally his girlfriend and she's landed a gig on Broadway as a singing actress, mm-hmm. but things quickly fall apart. MJ is fired from the show after bad reviews, but doesn't tell Peter leading him to try to equate her haters to Spider-Man's haters, which drives a rift between the two. In addition to him just kissing Gwen Stacy in public, which, uh, not a great move when you know, you're, no. uh, come on, want to be fiance is it, like yeah. right there <laughs> yeah. watching Harry attacks, Peter, as the new Green Goblin, but Spidey wins and leaves Harry with a bad concussion that gives him amnesia. So he forgets his vengeful plot against Peter and Spider-Man Such for a bit. Such a
1: weird subplot, but yeah. yeah.
0: Also, Flint Marco, an escaped convict, turns into the shape-shifting Sandman after falling into a particle accelerator. And also an alien symbiote crashes down in New York City, eventually finding its way to one of Peter's suits. The new black suit symbiote enhances Peter's powers but turns him into a dick, pushing MJ away, attempting to actually kill the Sandman, who may have been Uncle Ben's actual murderer, and causing Peter to lash out at Eddie Brock, a shadowy fellow photographer competing with Peter to land a job at the Daily Bugle. Harry's amnesia wears off, and he threatens MJ as the goblin, To get her to break up with Peter and then the Goblin and Spidey fight again. Peter wins, almost killing Harry in the process, thanks to the black suit being a dick. He then tries to embarrass MJ at her job by taking Gwen to the club where she's a singing waitress. And it's uh, very awkward. And eventually it leads to him striking MJ. And that moment leads him to being like, oh, this suit is bad. I need to get this off of me. And so he goes to a church bell tower and the venom symbiote does not like sonic waves. So he slams the bell and eventually it falls down, but it happens that Eddie Brock is there at the bottom looking up. Yeah. And so he becomes venom venom and the Sandman team up to try to uh, get this kidnap Mary Jane Mm -hmm. who could have ever seen that coming. And Spider-Man must defeat them both with a little help from a friend. So that's the plots of the Spider-Man. Doing trilogies is always fun because it's just, oh, so much script writing.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: But before we get into sort of the critical response to it. Sure. What was your personal interaction with this first, quote unquote, first Spider-Man movies that came out?
1: Well, sure. And, you know, it's generational. Right. But. I, I don't even remember how old I was when the first one came out, but... Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're sentimental movies for me, but also, and we'll get into it when we do the second part, but these feel more like Spider-Man movies to me than the MCU-slash-Sony ones that have come out in the past few years.
0: Mm-hmm. Were you big Spider-Man kid-like before not, the movies not
1: not not even really okay i mean i read the comics and stuff but and you know i'm a geek so like i know what's from what and i can tell when it's like they're doing the dick co lee thing or the uh lee ramita thing which is what i think these movies are um and and you know we'll get to Spider Man three and it's it's a failure let's be honest but uh, it might be one of the points yes uh, um but the reason why it's a failure is like they're not trying to do the thing that Rami was so passionate about which is you know the old school Spider Man comics so yeah I, yeah I don't know I, I I don't know if that explains my history with uh, with the character or whatnot he's not my favorite but Mm -hmm. I understand fundamentally why he works. And that's also the reason why I'm going to disagree with you about the Marvel movies.
0: Right. Well, for me, just to establish the point, I was definitely like Spider-Man was my favorite, like superhero growing up. I really liked the animated show in the nineties. I even liked some of the, prior animation things I had those on VHS I was uh, I don't know I just liked that, you know and this is sort of the thing about Spider-Man generally that a lot of people respond to It's just like oh he's much more vulnerable than like a lot of your other M- Marvel superheroes you know or you know pretty much anybody outside of like Batman who just straight up doesn't have powers yeah. so he was that and also there was more of a comedic sensibility than a lot of the other, oh yeah, this is things. what we're gonna fight about. <laughs> there, yeah, it was just it. like, yeah. So generally, I mean, just even in like the comics, it's just like, oh, he's more joking and quipping and things like that. Where a lot of the other things, it's j- Spider-Man just like never took itself too seriously. And I think I responded to that as a kid. I mean, it does take itself seriously at times, but like, there's a free-willing. <sighs> the
1: stakes are serious, but the tone isn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And then getting to these movies, for me, it just like I was really anticipating these because I'm like a huge Spider Man fan. And for reasons that I'll go into, it like just didn't click. I think for me, these movies are a lot like how Star Wars fans felt about the prequels. They're like, mm, this isn't the Star Wars I wanted. And uh, this is not the Spider Man that I wanted at all. And go
1: back and listen to our prequels episode.
0: Yes, I actually have that on the script and forgot to say it out loud. But first episode of this podcast, we talk about those Star Wars prequels. Mm -hmm. So why don't you go check that out if you haven't yet? As for the critical response to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films, the first two are pretty beloved. Spider-Man sits at 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 86% among top critics, and a lower-than-I-expected, actually, audience score of 67%. It was nominated for Academy Awards for Best Visual Effects and Best Sound and was number 437 on Esquire's 2008 list of the greatest movies of all time. I did not know that. That's amazing. Jack Matthews of the New York Daily News wrote that Spider-Man is almost a perfect extension of the experience of reading comic book adventures. Ian Freer of Empire Magazine called it practically pitch-perfect summer entertainment. The Austin Chronicles Mark Savlov opined it was perhaps the most spot on film adaptation of a comic book superhero yet. On the counter side, our guy Roger Ebert wrote a pretty negative two and a half star review of the first Spider-Man film saying, Remember the first time you saw characters defy gravity in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? They transcended gravity, but didn't dismiss it. They seemed to possess weight and dimension and presence spider-man as he leaps across the rooftops is landing too lightly rebounding too much like a bouncing ball he looks like a video game figure not like a person having an amazing experience okay Raj, i love you bro but you're basically just like shitting on cgi there's a lot of there's a lot of that in a lot of that in like especially the reviews of the first movie they're like this everyone looks, looks like, like rubber. Yeah, yeah, every everyone looks uh this looks like it spends a lot of money on the effects. Lots and, of those type and of things. And like,
1: you know, I I get it, but like also like put it in in context. Like CGI was not quite to the level it is now obviously back then. Spider-Man might look a little bit like flubber and that's fine. He's doing fantastical things Mm -hmm. that's that's not a sticking point for me
0: okay as for spider-man 2 it's Rotten Tomatoes score is 93% 97% among top critics with an 82% audience score it won the Academy Award for best visual effects as Mm -hmm. Jason mentioned and was nominated for sound mixing and sound editing it is widely considered one of the greatest superhero movies of all time Rene Rodriguez of the Miami Herald called spider-man Two a masterpiece of pop filmmaking, a fantastic exuberant entertainment that manages to be both sleek and substantial without being patronizing. Entertainment Weekly's Lisa Schwartzbaum wrote in her A-grade review, this triumphant sequel to the hard-to-top 2002 original may be the first great comic book movie in the age of self-help and CGI wizardry, an entertainment in which... Both the thrills and the therapeutic personal growth are well-earned. Yes, I would agree. The Independent's Anthony Quinn wrote, It's the interest in human fallibility that sets this movie apart. The superhero who bridles at his own responsibility may not sound an especially gripping prospect, but his dilemma is explored with a conviction that within the fantasy genre feels almost groundbreaking. Mm Mm-hmm. Ebert loved this one, saying in his four star reviews, Spider Man 2 is the best superhero movie since the modern genre was launched with Superman in 1978. It succeeds by being true to the insight that allowed Marvel Comics to upturn decades of comic book tradition. Readers could identify more completely with heroes like themselves than with remote godlike paragons. Adding. It's a superhero movie for people who don't go to superhero movies, and for those who do, it's the one they've been yearning for. On the negative side, Chris Taylor of Salon wrote, The Spider-Man movies are genre pictures writ large, or at least expensive. Raimi is a capable director who I don't think has ever demonstrated a crass impulse, but he just doesn't have the... Excess of spirit, sense of grandeur And flights of poetic imagination That a comic book extravaganza needs
1: Wait, so you're saying this guy Says He's claiming Sam Raimi has never Demonstrated a crass impulse
0: Yeah, that's uh, Questionable Okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe, some maybe, maybe watch you, some uh, <laughs> yeah. Some of his prior work yeah, Go check exactly. out the Evil Dead episode of the podcast You know, for more on that However, critically, Spider-Man 3 went a bit off the rails. Its Rotten Tomatoes score is a surprisingly fresh 63%, though rotten among both top critics and audiences at 52% and 51% respectively, which is still over half, which uh, kind of surprised me. Yeah, same. Ebert was off the Spidey train again, writing, The great failing of Spider-Man 3 is that it failed to distract me from what a sap Peter Parker is. It lingers so long over the dopey romance between Peter and the long suffering Mary Jane that I found myself asking the question, could a whole movie about the relationship between these two 20 somethings be made? And my answer was no, because today's audiences would never accept a hero. So clueless and a heroine. So docile. That's a really weird take. Sean Michelle fetters of movie freak opined parts of this are just ludicrous. There are two full-blown musical numbers, a segment that looks like yeah, it was lift- <laughs> a segment that looks like it was lifted from Dancing with the Stars, and a bizarrely idiotic sequence feeling like a surreal homage to, of all things, Saturday Night Fever. On a wildly supportive note, Charlotte O'Sullivan of the London Evening Standard wrote, "It's easily the best of the trilogy, and for my money, one of the most enjoyable films of the decade." Hmm. Okay. Don't know what, don't know what Charlotte's watching, but uh.
1: yeah, I disagree, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the one in defense of this trilogy. Yeah, yeah
0: that anyway, is a
1: wild take.
0: Anyway, so here's why I think everyone is wrong about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my first point is one of casting. I guess would be the overarching thing, but it's primarily Toby Maguire is my. Uh, first problem and it's sort of the thing that I am never able to get over with these movies is that I just did not enjoy Toby Maguire's performance in any of these films he does not get the tone right to me he's just like a flat actor and I I, you know he's like believable in that he's nerdy and like would not you know have in Peter in that sense but I never feel yeah. like he's got the charisma that it would be like Oh, Mary Jane kinda of likes him anyway. Or that like he's, you know, he doesn't he definitely doesn't have that like Spider Man quippiness to it. No, he's more they, like well, yes. Okay. Meek and yeah. uh sort of you know, I just I, the, basically I don't think he's able to capture any of the emotional beats of these movies and uh oh, that leaves I me, completely. That leaves me uh cold. I think that's
1: what he captures and what the Holland movies don't. and so I think it's 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 like a matter of like what do you want out of a Spider-Man movie I think so and Raimi's like I'm gonna lean in hard to the melodrama and I think Toby even if he's a he's a shit person (laughs) is like really good in the Mary Jane romance and like that's like the through line for those three movies it's it's him and MJ and Harry, mm-hmm. and I think he's really really strong at those scenes. Yes, he does. He's not as quippy as Spider Man should be, but I also think that's a failure on the screenwriting mm-hmm. side of it. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that didn't a little write bit him later. Enough, yeah,
0: you know, funny lines. Yeah, it's just for for me, he's just like a charisma void. And I think, again, also, so I, I phrased it in terms of casting rather than just Toby Maguire because I also don't like Kirsten Dunst that much as Mary Jane Watson. No. I think she is a lot to me. I don't think she's like, like, I just don't like Toby Maguire as an actor that much. Uh, I think Kirsten Dunst is a far better actor, but she's sort of in this role. Again, going back to it, I think I feel the way a lot of people feel about Natalie Portman in the star Wars prequels, where it's just like, you are flat and, uh, sort of, you're not, there's moments where she's like super charming.
1: You're breaking my heart.
0: Yeah. So there's moments where Kirsten Dunst is like very charming. Usually when she's like flirting with Peter, but also you don't, you know, there is the, I think it is also some of the comic books and some of the, um, you know animated things where it's just like, oh yeah, she's like supposed to be this, you know, like big actress. You know, like tried to do actri- actress and all this stuff, and she also doesn't like. Again, I think it's sort of the way Ramy approaches it and the way the scripts approach it, where it's just like they're not, like they don't do a super job ever selling you that, like, oh yeah, she's a super charismatic actress as opposed to like the pretty girl next door.
1: Right. Yeah. That yeah, that's a good point
0: and and also, i I will'll say in defense of these. I think part of my problem with the cat, like I have a problem with the casting of the two leads is that so much of everybody else in this is cast. I think, like perfectly. all the side characters are cast yeah. perfectly, and that makes the two leads, when you don't like them, stand out more even more explicitly, I think, like the. Oh, I will say the other person who is terribly cast before we get onto the good is uh, Topher Grace is not an Eddie Brock.
1: Oh, no, at all. Yeah, it's well,
0: I, I mean, I knew what that was we, about. So it's a just better venom. Yes, we have a we have a better venom, but it's just like that was woof. That's a uh, yeah, big uh, swing and a miss uh, yeah, right there. Yeah,
1: I mean, I get. I think I get what they were thinking of, where it's like this is like an anti. Mm-hmm toby right kind of thing and yeah no that yeah that didn't
0: pass. yeah and also I, I also in the casting there's the element that like yeah you know, there's the 90210 element of like these are not high school kids at all yeah but
1: i give him a pass on that
0: i mean it's the type of thing where if this movie came out now this is like it's as distracting as like dear evan hansen like this is not a high sure, school children, sure, sure, child sure, at all sure. and like you know, people. But I mean, like MCU got
1: very lucky with Tom Holland. Yeah, where it's like, oh, this just like eighteen-year-old kid who like is a gymnast and yeah. like a Broadway kid. Like, Billy Elliot. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's also a hang-up if back you're two thousand. You know, yeah, it was it was more of the era to time. do like yeah, yeah every all high school kids are played by twenty-seven-year-olds. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, Kirsten Dunst.
0: Kirsten Dunst was in. Was eighteen
1: when she shot this movie really yeah
0: yeah oh uh, well, i know because uh, toby was 27 i think which yeah, is yeah i know and they were dating and that's yeah the whole thing. Um, anyway but yeah yeah so that's not the best but on the good side again there's like some absolutely perfect castings in here the vi- oh my god i, I, mean, I, I will say in this the story. villains I, well i will say i think the most perfect maybe one of the most perfect castings of all time is just jk simmons jk simmons Simmons, as j jonah jameson which is
1: why they brought him back i know they they bring him back one scene but okay yeah Yeah. he
0: is absolutely what you imagine like it's like lifted straight from the comics and then all the villains outside of venom are cast just like perfectly defoe defoe is an absolute psycho as norman osborne melina has sort of that he brings that gravitas to dr ock where it's like that subtle brilliance
1: it should be like the dumbest role ever like and if you're a comics fan like and you see doc ock is like a guy in like really bad glasses and he has a bowl cut
0: yeah he's not like (laughs) a a
1: fucking dork
0: like i mean it's funny because also what i was reading up on things it was just like oh lots of the prior spider-man script were like doc focused and like people James were Cameron's attached was, yeah yep. where it was like but it was like a wide range like everybody from bob hoskins to arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> were going to take like the doc Ock role at some point which is I, a very I, I fucking
1: watch that yeah
0: it's a very large swath of things but yeah so all those supporting characters are just great. There's also like just some random people in here, like Elizabeth Banks is the. Yes, you know,
1: I know. It's so weird to think about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there's
0: random faces. Elizabeth Banks works at the Daily Bugle. She's like the secretary. She's Betty Brandt. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy works pretty well, I think. You know, mm. I think it's okay considering it's a small role. I would, if she was like the le- lead protagonist, female protagonist. Sure. She's no, a... I,
1: I, and I love her. She's great. Right. Uh, I just think it's funny that, yeah, they cast a blonde as a, or a brunette as a blonde and a,
0: yeah, there's some, been some weird, uh, casting hair decisions. Like, they, they yes. I mean, in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, they took the most famous redheaded actress of the time, Emma Stone, and were like, you're Gwen Stacy. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Hold, no. No, that's. Must
1: be like a weird Avia rod kink or something. Anyway. But yeah, that's I mean. That's one
0: for my film nerds. <laughs> for the general point, yeah, I just, it's hard for me. If you have a problem with the lead for three movies, it's just hard for you to get on board. So that's that's my general thing. I just don't, you know, again, I think Agree for a lot of to people, Toby Maguire. Gets the weirdness of Peter Parker and the awkwardness and for yeah, me, it's yeah. just it's just I, it leaves me hollow it leaves me hollow. Okay, and sort of piggybacking off that again. This is more of a partially a Tobey Maguire point and partially a scripting point but Peter is very unlikable in these movies like actually the actions that he does are pretty unlikable throughout these movies where i don't examples well he's so often just like like an asshole instead of being like a doofus like he's just like so emotionally distant that he is not i i just struggle to connect with him i mean like in the second movie there's you know lots of times where he's like struggling with the spider-man persona and it's just like oh like I can't be Spider-Man. But then he's just like also does things that are just like straight up dickish where it's just like there's a guy getting beat up like right there. And it's just like, well, you don't have to like go put on a costume. You could just like stop this dude from getting beaten up or, you know, he mm. like in Spider-Man three. He pretty much gets Mary Jane and immediately takes her for granted. And it is just like, OK, well, I got this now and. It's my assumed thing, and I cannot
1: defend Spider-Man Three, right, on on moral grounds.
0: But But... he just like for me, he's just like not a smart Spider-Man, not a smart Peter Parker. Like he's just like so emotionally oblivious that he's missing so much, and I just don't root for him in any of these movies. Okay, yeah, I hear that. I'm also wondering like
1: but what if he's still, you know, surviving the trauma of Spider-Man one?
0: Yeah, I guess, but it's just like, he, he just, I don't like, I guess I just don't like the way that he interacts with so many people and does not. um, I don't know. He doesn't seem genuine to me throughout a lot of these where like, or or he just makes decisions that are just so dumb that i am just like, what are, I'm just not understanding. So like, you know, like, he like his relationship with Harry as it goes on Mm. where it's just like he first off doesn't even like bother to try and like you know it's like you could have like set up the green goblin I know this is like partially like plotting things but it's just like he's just like oh I am going to just set this dead body here not make it look like the green goblin killed this guy or whatever just set it here and then when like there's a scene where it's like, "You killed my father," and it just he doesn't be like, "No, I didn't." Like, hold on, let me. He's just like, "I'm gonna bounce." Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And uh, kind of a weird choice. There's just lots of weird choices, you know, him well, kissing but- Gwen, and I know a lot of it's plotting things, but I just there's throughout these movies, I you know, you can get into the part where it's like, oh, again, Spider-Man Three is its own thing, but it's just like, oh yeah, you're like. An emo douche and a, like, battering Yeah, dude I mean, and... I
1: do think the Harry plot works pretty well and cleanly across the three movies, mm-hmm. which is insofar as, like, you know, Harry's, like, a, a rich douche. He's a little insecure. His dad clearly takes a shining to his, like, nerdy friend. Right. So... You know, that adds to his insecurity. And then, uh, you know, his dad dies. And he gets, like, really rich and becomes the head of the company. And he's, like, kind of like an Elon Musk type or something. Mm -hmm. And kind of douchey, but he fucking hates Spider-Man. And doesn't know that it's his best friend.
0: Yeah. Whereas
1: his dad did. And then in the third movie, he finds out and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you uh and then you know at the end you know they're they're best friends again but he does yeah
0: anyway i don't know i just i just for me it's just generally i i just struggle with his decision making and the way that peter leaving like treats body well no just 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 in general treats people like he you know it's like relationship with like ursula the like Oh, landlord's yeah.
1: well, uh super
0: fucked up yeah landlord's daughter who's like very into yeah. him is yeah. like very strange and he
1: every time we rewatches movies i'm like dude just fucking date ursula yeah no that that but is definitely like, one of my points she's you. like
0: super into you <laughs> and even like when he's like, like brings you cookies and yeah. milk like and you know even in the times when like oh mj is like broken up with you like or like she's getting buried to like another guy like because you're not around it's just like hey you know what literally like across the hall yeah like, also
1: like maybe dating your landlord's
0: daughter could
1: help you out with your rent.
0: yeah that you're always struggling with <laughs> yeah because you like are exactly. a freelance photographer who got fired from his pizza job
1: yeah exactly it's
0: also like some of those where it's just like wait why are you still like living in this city right why not why not commute man go back with <laughs> you are a struggling You both are struggling. She
1: she loses her house, too.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, at least you could contribute to that rent instead of, uh, if you're not going to be there for Ursula, there's not a lot of other (laughs) benefits for that (laughs) that apartment. But, yeah, I I don't know. That's
1: a terrible apartment, too.
0: It's not a good apartment. I mean, it's New York, so it's all on a scale, but still. So, yeah, I guess my, my general point, I think, overarching point in this one is that I just don't, feel like these movies do enough to make peter sympathetic sympathetic outside of like killing his uncle you know it's you you feel like you feel like he's in a tough spot but you don't really feel like he's taking like any intelligent moves to rectify it Mm, wow okay
1: well i disagree a lot about that um The thing that I like about the Raimi movies is that Peter's suffering the whole time. Mm -hmm. Which is like fundamental to the character of Peter Parker. He's like, life just shits on him constantly. Right. And we'll get into this when we do, you know, the Holland trilogy, but life doesn't really shit on him that much, to be frank. And um, I, I guess I see where you're coming from with like how that trilogy's Peter Parker reacts to his maladies. But also, you know, I, I I would I would caution listeners to like reread the early Ditko Stan Lee comics. Peter Parker's a fucking asshole. Like that's kind of the point. Is that he's a dick and then he has to learn to not be an asshole. And I think the Raimi movies get that pretty well across, you know, With as you mentioned, the wrestling scenes and so forth. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a process for him. Like he's,
0: mm-hmm. he's definitely not a, like a Spider-Man that you would want to like, you don't seem like Peter's a good hang at any point in these. No. <laughs> or that he's like the, you know, he's sort of a crappy friend. Most of the time, occasionally he's nice to Harry often is not that great to Mary Jane, despite being like so obsessed with her.
1: Uh, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, no, he, it's definitely a dick to her at certain points in a surprising way. And then, you know, uh, the third movie, it's just like,
0: we'll get there. All, all bets are off. Yeah. So then my third point is sort of the comedic aspect that, the, that these Raimi mm. Spider-Man trilogies or the the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy just sort of it kind of leaves the comedic element out for the most part. There's yeah. not the, you know, Spider-Man as a character is sort of known for, you know, when he's battling, he's, you know, doing quips and doing yes. one-liners and things like that. There are two or three of those across the three movies and that's uh there that's might being be more generous. than that but yeah yeah uh it's really like it just sort of does not tap into any aspect of sort of the spider-man yeah comedic element.
1: yeah sure as a as a counter argument mm-hmm. i would say the garfield movies which we're not talking about but now we're talking about they double down on that but everything else fucking sucks mm-hmm. So I think Raimi, like, he just made a conscious choice. He's like, I'm going to do the melodrama soap opera version right? Um, from, like, the Romita era of Spider-Man. And, you know, if that means – I mean, and it also could have been that Tobey Maguire is not funny. Um,
0: yeah. That's – I mean, again, he's not a charismatic actor and isn't good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, I think the only quip in the first one is when they're doing the wrestler thing and his quip is – that's a cute little outfit. Did your husband give it to you? Yeah, and that's regrettable.
1: <laughs> uh, and they talk about that in the commentary, too. They're like, yeah, we shouldn't. Eh, that was a... Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, And then his other, his uh, other quips quip are in like...
1: The, in, uh, when the house is on fire. I forget what it is. <laughs> yeah. But there is a quip there. There, there, there yeah. You.
0: There's one where also in later movies where it's just like, I'm the sheriff around here. And that's like the equivalent of like a Spider-Man quip where it's just like... Ugh. It's just really tough. Uh, I mean, I think we'll probably talk more when we get to the MCU ones because I, you know, the MCU ones definitely lean way more into the humor. So do the Andrew Garfield ones. Yeah. There's yeah. whole, you know, characters that are just there for comedic effect. Whereas. Oh, sure. Like Ned. Yeah, yeah. Like Ned's always, you know, bringing mirth to the situation. There are the quips and things like that. You know, it's just like, it's for me it's part of what like again just my own fandom like Your part fundamentally of fundamentally understanding of sprite Yeah, where I just like He's a jokester. I like him being having some mirth to him and these movies sort of just don't do that and also they don't try and... you know it would be one thing if it it makes the action scenes a little more like you just have to be in the CGI action element of it where there's not, you know, that like mm-hmm. sprinkled in mm-hmm. um mm-hmm comedy which i sometimes like when it gets a little cgi heavy yeah and then also they're just like even in between it's just like there's not you know well like again for the mcu ones there's lots of humor and like this is weird high school like these are high schoolers who have like weird you know like interactions with each other and it's awkward or things like that and they're trying to make jokes to make each other laugh and sure like these kids like Peter and his friends, like, never joke around in these movies. It, no.
1: And I will flag the high school thing. It'll probably come up later, yeah, too. But, like, for a long time there was this idea that, like, oh, uh, what? Spider-Man belongs in high school. And uh, if you're a two-comics fan, like, you know, like... He's only in high school for, like, the first, like, eight issues or something.
0: Right. And, I mean, that's sort of how the, this and That's trilogy, how the Raimi movies yeah. go. Yeah. yeah it's where like it's he like he's there. the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty early. Um,
1: but, uh, but then Ultimate Spider-Man happened in, I don't know, what, uh, 2002 or something? Right. And everyone's, like, thought that was, like, the gospel of, like,
0: Spider-Man. Yeah. I, like, I mean, it's not that... I, he has to be in high school. i don't, high school student. I'm definitely not in that camp. It's just, like, I... It's when you do establish it. There's just like issues when you're like establishing that he's a high schooler and he's also like 27 years old. And, <laughs> right. okay, uh, yeah. no, and I get you know, that. And, I, and, and that you're you know, like, your criticism oh, when of the you do put makes sense. it, yeah, when you do put it in like a high school, you know, the MCU once fully goes into the high school. And I think there's just like more comedic, or at least they're trying to mine more comedic material of that. Whereas like, there's not really any comedic yeah, material mind we'll, from we'll like we'll
1: get into it because they take him out of high school pretty fast uh yes anyway
0: anyway we'll get into that uh i think i think the mcu episode might go a lot longer because we will
1: uh i will be choking <laughs> you by the end
0: of it yes we will have a lot of fun <laughs> my fourth point of anti-defense i guess is one that's sort of comes up with all spider-man movies and i have a actually a bigger problem with it in the garfield m- movies mm. it also always sounds like we're talking about like an orange cat movie when we're talking about the andrew garfield's fire i'm just like oh right yeah that's what i'm talking about the believability stretches that sometimes these movies ask you to make are It's always tough with Spider-Man because he's just making a bunch of like believability uh, problems. But I just there's some that just sort of like wrangle me a lot in the way that this movie is set up. Okay, so I will get it like there's the first off. There's always the element of Spider-Man like clear like Peter Parker when he's figuring out his powers clearly like showing too much of his powers and like everybody sort of just like poo-pooing it away when suddenly a superhero comes well so like i mean there's a there's uh, a you know he basically literally one in one of the first scenes he's in the cafeteria and yes.
1: oh oh in the, the yeah in yeah, the very cool. first yeah, movie yeah yeah, yeah yeah
0: and he literally like webs a tray and everybody's watching as he takes this Trey with will web out that one
1: but I think when he goes outside and like webs around and like smashes into oh like yeah I don't, stuff, I don't I don't mind that like that's like if you follow like the what is New York Instagram like yeah that like sure yeah you know it's, it more,
0: it's more that and like wait all of a sudden Peter Parker is in a fight with flash and he's doing like backflips and like yeah destroying him but and like fun. he gives a punch and he flies across the hallway and yeah. then suddenly that yeah. rocks. Uh, yeah.
1: What are talking about? Uh, and then also the Joe fact Nancy that, Man. you
0: know, like the, when he's going in doing the wrestling thing, they literally like introduce him as Spider-Man. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, if the, do you think the promoter that stiffed him <laughs> would then be like, Hey, there's an actual Spider-Man. I literally know who that kid is because I paid him money. To do it, I'm gonna keep it on the down low. We're
1: nitpicking.
0: I'm nitpicking, but these are like fairly like these. I mean, the Andrew Garfield ones are actually like more frustrating to me because there's like it, like there's a scene where he literally like is he gets his powers and is like sort of showing them off. And he's like, is dunking with his feet on the back. Yes, I know. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Those he's make me so
1: upset. <laughs> he's
0: walking around the high school doing spider Man stuff with like fighting, I think like Rhino or something. And just like,
1: but I mean, yeah. what I, what I will say in, uh, defense of the Raimi movies is I think they exist in a different reality than we're used to now. Mm-hmm. As concerns
0: comic book movies, they definitely do. They did. I don't think I probably established that, but this was like when the Spider-Man movies came out. It was essentially there'd been the Superman movies, there'd been Batman movies, and usually it was Pre, like pre-Nolan, yeah, yeah, and like it, the it landscape
1: was, has has and pre-Marvel studios, right? So like the landscape is yet to change, and like this was you know kind of the conventional idea of a superhero movie, right? And they did it better than almost anyone um, ever, um, in my opinion, apart from three. But, you know, that's an asterisk.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a a few other, like, sort of these believability things that just, like, I struggle with, like, in the train sequence in two, where it's like his his mask gets, like, slightly scorched, and he's like, well, I definitely need to, like, take this off right now. (laughs) And then... It's gonna be fought, but also then it doesn't stay burned throughout the like yes. as they continue to fight. And also,
1: that's not a train that exists in New York
0: City at yes. all.
1: But like, yeah, it's it's fantasy.
0: I know it's just I, I don't know What's I, the level it's operating on. It's know? it's the it's it, yeah. Again, it's sort of like what you're willing to accept. And I, you know, I I definitely think these are very much like nitpicky things. But what I'm like, it's one of those things where if you're not on board, then you like get more not on board, which I'm sure you will get into with your mcu things where it's just like oh if you buy in at the start that it's easier for you to accept the like silly things
1: totally yes and
0: if you don't you know then you're like wait why is when you're battling dr octopus why is there like metallic things flying from like cities away but still like the structure of the building is like holding up okay you know things like that where it's just like okay i get what you're showing but like this is like sort of weird and like throwing me off. Or why is why do you go up to the top of a building nearby where they're having the Spider-Man ceremony with your mask off before you like swoop I, in? I cannot. There's so that much mask decision. off stuff yes. that uh, are probably there's well, mask off stuff in the MCU too that you're like. I think that was like a
1: deliberate choice.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, but, it's part partially to you know you want not just to be the CGI guy all the time where yeah. you want to be able to, like, emote, but it's just like, oh, man, like, stop taking off your fucking mask when you're, like, in a very crowded public very place. public place, yeah, exactly. What are you doing? Stop
1: this. It's like the whole point of Spider-Man is, you yeah. know, he could be anyone. Right. So.
0: And uh, MCU gets into that a little bit. A lot of it. Mm. So then I think we should probably conclude with the point that you will absolutely agree with me on against this Spider-Man trilogy is that the third Spider-Man movie is a fucking mess. (laughs) It is a
1: very compromised film. Um, There's lots of
0: reasons for
1: that. Yeah, exactly. And like they're well-documented, like it's not, you know, a mystery.
0: Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well,
1: uh, you know, Sam Raimi wanted to make a movie with Sandman. As the main villain, Mm -hmm. and also to wrap up the Harry Osborn arc. Yep. And then, you know, the producers at Sony, um, this real shitbag named Avi Arad, uh, you can look him up, uh, was like, "Ah, the fans want, they want Venom. And it's like, "Mm, I don't know if that really fits in the story, but they shoehorned him in. Uh, which is, yeah, it's a yeah, before it, Tover
0: Grace. It just becomes like an overstuffed mess. It's
1: a nightmare. And also uh, Gwen Stacy doesn't need to be in there. She doesn't need to be. I mean, it's um,
0: there to tweak, but it literally could have been like anybody. It could have just been, I mean, there was enough Peter was doing that was horrible to Mary Jane that it's like, you should probably like ditch this guy again. That's the thing
1: And you, you did make a good point. Peter is a fucking asshole in this movie. Oh yeah. he's it's so he's, weird. He's
0: definitely like, I don't like him. I don't find Even him particularly likable in the first two, but like, oh my out. gosh, he's like, he's just like such. It's just like it switched where it's just like he's ego Spider-Man, and he's just like such an arrogant like dude. It's, it's a like
1: weird choice to start the movie of like Spider-Man's popular now and like right. So he's like on top of the world. It's like what? No, that's like not the character. Like he should be the underdog. Yeah, constantly.
0: Yeah, and I mean there, there there's so many weird things about this movie, like the fact that like you know even even small things like he's at the start he's in college classes and like he's getting like bullied by like weird college bullies i guess which i guess yeah. are a thing here uh just because he's peter parker we need to make sure that you know that he's a nerd so he's being bullied in like an advanced physics class i'm like okay. but
1: he's best friends with his professor yeah he's like oh wow this seems like an
0: alien yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> when he's looking and yeah the venom stuff yeah. and
0: also like he and harry like fell out you know like they, they reached like a boiling point at the end of two and then he's just like yeah i haven't talked to harry in a while and it's like dude you like know where he lives and you're spider-man like you can just like because also you don't know that he's like goblining it up just like go over and like be like hey man again this is a thing where it's just like hey man i like did it kill your dad like I maybe don't put that off for like three years or <laughs> yeah that's long a good point <laughs> yeah
1: but also but then he'd have to tell him he's Spider Man and, and yeah he ate Spider Man so
0: yeah and yeah there, it's drama yeah there's there's weird things this is also in a weird area where it's like. He struggles to communicate with MJ when they're having the fights and she has a cell phone, but then he's not he's calling her home phone all the time. (laughs) It's a really weird detail. And
1: also these movies seem to like exist in (laughs) a different temporality. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Peter's on on a payphone a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, when was the last time I saw someone use an actual fucking payphone, you know? Yeah. Street. But like, yeah. You know, they're trying to be kind of
0: throwbacky, but yeah, modern, exactly. and they just yeah. sort of like don't really fit uh, either. And
1: yeah, they don't, you know, cross the difference or yeah. whatever you want to say. And
0: yeah. I mean, like the to illustrate like how much of sort of a bad like the Black Symbiote doesn't bond with his suit till like an hour into the movie. And you're like, <gasps> oh, now we're doing like a different movie now, mm-hmm. and then there's another movie after that, and. You know, once yeah, okay, we get rid of yeah, the Venom okay, suit. Yeah.
1: In in summation, yes, three is fucking bad. Uh we, we haven't uh, got but into I the will defend the okay. first two. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm death.
0: still gonna talk about threes being shitty some more. So uh
1: Well, well the, Okay. Well before you do, yes listeners, Jamel Bowie from the New York Times mm-hmm. did an episode of Blank Check podcast talking about Spider Man three and he made a very spirited defense. So Yeah. What was,
0: what was the core of his defense?
1: Um, just that it, like, it wrapped up the story of the three primary characters pretty neatly.
0: Yeah, I suppose. But I, I don't also think that that was like an extreme challenge with how they had set it up. I mean, it, we've seen people drop the ball before. <sighs> most recent Star Wars trilogy. Uh-huh. But, oh, you do not say. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we've also seen things wrapped up pretty well, like, um. I I contend that Endgame, considering it was like ten years of, you know, you know, a million different movies, it's like, oh, that was pretty clean, and that was a lot more difficult. The the degree of difficulty on landing that superhero three point stance is a little bit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little bit more than you know, setting up where it's like, oh, the Mary Jane and Peter, are they gonna figure it out? And Harry's mad, and uh, but yeah, there's there's just like lots of. There's just so much about three. I don't even know if it's, like, worth, you know, beating the dead horse so much. Like, you know, the Sandman keeps, like, going well, but, around. Like, like yeah. so the the fight where it's, like, Venom and Sandman team up, it's, like, there's a bunch of people just, like, watching around. And then they're, like, shocked when, like, a big Sandman who's been terrorizing the city, like, suddenly comes. It's, like, What? There's a kaiju now. It's just like what he's. Yes, he's been terrorizing this city. What are you, you know? And he's. Peter is an absolute douche when he's in the thing. Like a lot of people comment about the like sort of emo Peter Parker dance scene things like that.
1: I will defend that. Okay, I don't think those scenes suck as much as people think they do, and I think they're kind of fucking funny because like the idea is like so like the venom symbiote you know takes control of your body and it makes you the worst version of yourself or whatever what it makes peter is an even bigger version of a fucking dork mm-hmm. and who's like a musical theater kid or some shit you know like that to me is very funny
0: i I mean I know that that's the intent but also like again going back to a prior point that it's definitely trying to be humorous and it is definitely the moment in across three movies where it's trying the hardest to be funny I think there I don't know if there's anything else that's like clearly there's, trying to be mm, a joke mm, more
1: mm. There's the needle drop in too with um um Raindrops keep falling on oh, yeah. my head. And there's a weird
0: freeze frame in that yeah, sequence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so, like, the, but, again, those are, like, the peak comedic moments in these uh, trilogy, and, like, one is literally, like, a meme joke.
1: But do you actually think that the Holland movies are funny? Yes. Okay. Well, we'll
0: fight about that. <laughs> yes, later. we will fight about that later. But, yeah, and also, you know, even, even the last... Even at the very end of the movie, Peter's like wandering into like the club that he beat up MJ in. And they're like, I'm pretty sure you'd be bad for that club, (laughs) man. Like you fought like three bouncers and uh, hit our waitress. Yeah. Uh, Maybe maybe you're not welcome here. I don't know. It's just like it tries to do, you know, tries for the big emotional swing at the end. And again, just none of the emotional.
1: It doesn't it doesn't land the plane
0: doesn't land the glider. But yeah, so that's sort of my the core of my anti Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy defense. But there's plenty to get to in the junk drawer. Jason, do you have any random thoughts about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films that you would like to address?
1: Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, what's her face? The uh, um, landlord's daughter. Ursula. Ursula.
0: Yes, she's the best. She's great. Justice for Ursula.
1: Yes, yes. Hashtag just she needs Grisla. she
0: needs she needs a real just nice guy. Just just I just want her to be like find find a dude. That, oh, me like, too. Yeah, I Is like treats her well.
1: She's yeah, she's got big mom energy. Yeah, she's, um, a,
0: she's a very caring person. I will say I do like that, you know, as opposed to the MCU, it's like, oh, people like die in these movies where it's just like, oh, yes. there's more like collateral damage. Yeah, though it is weird. Sometimes it's executed weird like. When Norman's assassinating the board members, he throws like a pumpkin bomb and they turn into skeletons and vaporize. But then like also when he hits other people with bombs or when like Harry uses it, it's like different. I'm like, man, he must have used a special vaporizing pumpkin bomb. It's very, it's very strange pumpkins. Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, also to your point about like uh, villains dying. People dying, but like specifically villains, like yeah, that that is like another way that it harkens back to a a different era of superhero movies mm-hmm. where like the villain had to die at the end. Yeah. You know? And we don't get that because you know, there's gonna be seven more installments or whatever. Right. You, you know? keep on having to
0: keep yeah. them alive so that they can show back up and yeah. Well, even, I mean that's even not- the ones who died
1: came back yeah which i mean well, well get to, but, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and i mean norman sort of comes back a little bit he at least comes back in harry's head yeah I so that. that's um, uh it's a little strange it's never totally explained like why all of a sudden he's hallucinating his dad unless his dad like injected him with some serum unknowingly or something like that
1: no i think it's psychological and i will explain this now because we're still on the raimi yeah trilogy but um ramey was like they were filming in new york and 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 defoe happened to walk down the street and he was like oh you're doing a new uh, you do another one and he was like yeah and he was like can i be in it and Raimi was like yeah, yeah sure <laughs> so they like made up that scene of him in the mirror talking to harry
0: right but it, it it it's never like fully explained but i mean whatever i mean there there's lots of there's things that there's lots of, you know, details where it's just like this maybe sort of goes into the believability things. But there's so many things that I just like note as I'm watching these. Uh, it's just like, wait, so the Oscorp, this major corporation is going mm-hmm. to be bankrupt if it gets one military contract pulled from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point, too. Sure. It's also weird. They mentioned um, when Peter first goes into the Daily Bugle. Yeah. They mentioned that like Eddie can't get a photo of. a
1: Spider-Man.
0: Spider-Man. And yep. then but then it, presumably talking about Eddie Brock, but that they don't actually he doesn't actually show up at the Daily Bugle until the third film. Like he's when he shows up, he's a fresh face and like being like, hey, I just wait, wanna.
1: wait, wait, w- wait, what movie do, do they talk about Eddie?
0: In the first one, when he first in the first time when he's in the Daily Bugle, I mean, they are like, that's Eddie can't
1: coincidence, right?
0: I mean, maybe I just thought it was interesting. That's not really a like dig. That's just uh more of a funny observation. I mean,
1: maybe they meant it as like an Easter egg, and then yeah. later they're like, like okay. We well, I mean, have
0: again, with the Sam Raimi thing, it's just like they didn't want Eddie in the third movie. So Ooh. it's just like, so it's probably like an and, Easter egg and, that became and, like yeah. a continuity problem.
1: And, you know, if if folks want to Google what Spider-Man 4 was going to be, would have been a pretty cool movie.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say MJ's grip strength, especially in like the first movie, is like pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. She basically yes. has Spider-Man grip a lot of times, too. I mean, it a general action movie thing where it's just like, oh, man, people's grips are.
1: Oh, and let's shout out uh, Macho Man.
0: Yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage is the wrestler. That...
1: Oh, he's <laughs> Bonesaw. ready. Uh,
0: he's the wrestler that is Peter fights as an amateur, which is delightful, it's I will say. So fucking good. And I, I mean, there, there, there's other like things where it's just like I'm a little confused after why Peter says that he can't be with Mary Jane at the end of the first movie, because he literally like there. He doesn't have a rogues gallery at this point. He defeated like the one other super person that like exists in this. That's a good point. He <laughs> said he's like, is he anticipating more? Is he just like, yeah, well, I think he's like, OK, you know, summarizing, spitting it and, forward. Yeah. The, but it's just the, like, the, the I don't know. Right now you're just like, Spider-Man, yeah. 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 Like, right well, now,
1: you- my life's going to get shittier and like yeah, you're that's probably going to be in danger. So. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Also, I'm not exactly sure why good.
0: Peter and Harry just, like, stop living together totally midway through, like, the... <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's
1: a good point as well. Um,
0: and also, like,
1: what a nice apartment for New York. Yeah. Jesus Christ.
0: I mean, essentially, in the second movie, it's basically, like, Peter's just being cock-blocked by the... Inefficiency of the New York Police Department. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's part of Spider Man too. Is
1: like two doubles down on like my life sucks and it (laughs) sucks to live in New York.
0: Joel McHale's trying to foreclose on my (laughs) aunt's house.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, and Osif Monvi is here for some reason. Yeah,
0: there's lots of like oh hey yeah you're in this when you rewatch them. I will say that there are some definitely Sam Raimi touches to you know, it doesn't feel like, you know, an Evil Dead movie all the way throughout, but there are yeah. things where it's just like, oh, the Doc Ock hospital scene. Oh my which god. Which is so good. Which is a straight up horror scene. Yeah. It rocks. And um, you know, the you know sandman being torn apart there's or doc ox you know uh, wife being killed and you see like the shards of glass flying at her in her reflection and which
1: is like not shit that you get in modern superhero movies anymore
0: yeah there's not really a lot of that you visual know
1: visual inventiveness yeah it's it, it, it just not there because like everything's fucking pre and they hire like somebody who just got a movie out of sundance or whatever and to do the dialogue mm-hmm. scenes and you know.
0: I will also say that Doc Ock's plan to, like, when Harry basically hires him to go kill Spider-Man, to it, like, get Peter to, to then get Spider-Man. yeah, Horrible plan. The Doc, Ock, Doc Ock is <laughs> completely right. He literally, like, throws a car through a cafe window yeah, where yeah, Peter yeah. and Mary Jane sit. And if he's literally not Spider-Man, they die. And yeah. then it's just like, yeah, yeah, whoops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that shit makes no sense, and uh,
1: that plot makes no sense. There's yeah. a lot
0: of like, what's your endgame, Doc Ock, here? I At, woke like...
1: up in the middle of the night a, a while ago being like, what? tritium, why do I know tritium? And <laughs> then I was like, oh, it's the made-up chemical from Spider-Man 2 uh, that mm-hmm. Doc Ock needs. Uh, yeah, no, no, his his plot makes no sense, but like, that movie's just like a ride. You just kind of want to go along with it, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: I will say I do like how the second and third films sort of catch you up with the credit sequences at the start. Oh, yeah. Where they're just like f- sort of like flashing images. It's not like a whole thing, but it's just like they're running through the credits and they're just like showing like little like clips uh, with without voice. just like one catches is all you up. Um, Alex
1: Ross, who's like one of the great comics illustrators. He's a painter mm-hmm. who did all those um, based off of the first film. Yeah, mm. no, yeah, I those credit sequences are fucking great. And also, shout out Danny Elfman.
0: Mm, okay, so this was one of my contentions, is I think the music in these movies aren't good. What? I feel like Danny Elfman is parroting his own Batman oh, soundtrack. Oh,
1: weird, okay. It just
0: feels like, oh, you, like, are doing a crappy Batman right now a lot of the times, and I don't, like, have none of the music like sticks to me it just like feels like generic superhero-y music i i
1: i I find it iconic and good and Mm. you know elfman's done a bunch of superhero stuff right um i couldn't tell you what his Holt score sounds like off the top Mm. of my head but no i think this is like some of his best stuff Mm. we differ (laughs) okay well oh oh how memorable is the uh mcu spider-man themes it's
0: not it's not that they're super memorable it's like i don't disagree with that
1: who's good i I,
0: i i it's more that like there's moments where i just feel like watching them they're like this just feels like batman triumphalism kind of thing where it's just like it just feels so much in that same lane that i don't feel yeah, like but
1: what's wrong with that i mean that's what people would expect from the superhero theme at the time
0: i guess i guess a couple more points before i get out of here yeah yeah sandman is basically just crappy dr manhattan in a lot of ways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow uh never thought about that way but sure yeah. why not
0: He's just like, oh, I can kind of like not die and control all these things, but also
1: it also like I do hate that he just like sort of like disappears and
0: like, yeah, he just
1: a dust cloud, <laughs> yeah, he just leaves. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, you did kill Uncle Ben, you motherfucker.
0: Yeah, just because you didn't mean to uh, doesn't mean that you didn't. It's also you know now in the era of MCU dominance and stuff like that, it is funny watching the second movie and being like, oh, this Harry discovering the goblin sequence would absolutely not be in the normal runtime of the movie. Nope, this would be, be an M M credit, credit scene. A hundred percent. Uh Exactly. And one last note, I would also say that the Spider-Man two video game is an so iconic. Fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as,
1: as, as good as the new one is, and it is good. Yeah. That Spider-Man two game was out of control.
0: Both, yeah. There, there's, if you've only played two Spider-Man games, play the one on, the newer one on PlayStation and play the old Spider-Man 2. So they have like a mod holding.
1: for it so you can get it for PS4?
0: I don't know if they do or not. I literally like, I think I have an old copy for like Xbox that could still work on like my 360 oh, wow. or something like that. It's a great <laughs> yeah, game. No, it's, like, the, it's like, it's like, like the first like, games open that, like, world. Yeah, you yeah. feel like you're swinging as Spider-Man. Like the physics feel yeah. right. Yeah. There's like hidden... Bruce Campbell like narrates a bunch of like the like hidden objects around town that I you did find. Not
1: remember that part, but that's cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh, that should maybe of note too is uh, Bruce Campbell is doing cameos throughout these uh, movies. Oh yeah, actually, well, that's, that's that, stuff. You know, know, that's actually that's probably the best comedic moment. Might be the uh, waiter. The usher. The, well, the austere is good. The waiter in three is actually maybe one of the best parts of three, where he's just like. Yes. Trying to do the marriage proposal and yeah, is just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh yes, yeah. he's like very on board and very supportive, which is the exact opposite of it's like. Well, I and one I loved character.
1: like the 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 con- the rumored concept for four was that Bruce Campbell would end up being Mysterio, and that he'd been fucking with Peter the whole time. Under various various that
0: that that would have been a lot of fun. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if the studio is ready for a. uh, Oh, probably not. Turns out, Sam Ramy
1: did not get to make Spider-Man Four.
0: But yeah, I mean, that's generally we will we will talk more Spider-Man here soon, uh, talking about the MCU. But just generally, I think my overarching conclusions for why I just don't connect with them. I understand, like i don't think like one and two are okay movies to me (laughs) and three is a mess but uh yeah i just can't basically it's hard for me to get past toby Maguire. it's hard for me to get past also not loving kirsten dunst a lot in this and then from there it's just a bunch of spirals of lack of comedy lack of a likable peter lack of Believability in things, and then ending on a thud with the third movie is sort of my general approach. Lots of people disagree, which is why we're doing this podcast on it. But uh, before we get out of here, is there anything you would like to plug, Jason, on this episode?
1: Uh, no, just uh, that you're fucking wrong, uh, <laughs> and other than that yeah, no, I, I, I'm I have nothing going on. So I'm well, I'm I would say I'm good, but. <laughs> that's a, that's an air
0: quote. None of us are good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess generally we both agree that spider verse, if for some reason you haven't watched spider verse, uh, watch that. If you
1: want to watch a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Put that one
0: first. Yeah. And you know, play those two video games we mentioned. There's a sequel to the, uh, PlayStation, uh, four, uh, five ones coming out soon. Uh, that should be very good. There was also a miles Morales, uh, Sequel to that wasn't as good as the original game, but
1: it was a sequel. Or I just thought they reskinned the game. Basically, I mean,
0: it is a sequel, but it's just like a smaller version of the game with like Miles. Gotcha. Okay. uh, Okay. It's not quite as fun. Um. Yeah. And check this podcast out on socials. It's Facebook. Everyone is wrong. Twitter. Everyone's wrong. Instagram. Everyone's wrong. Or Twitter is everyone's wrong underscore fun times with social media handles and tune into the next episode. Cause I'm going to fucking get into it with Seth. <laughs> we, are, uh, uh, as Jason loves the Sam Raimi movies or at least two of them. And, uh, I quite like the MCU Spider-Man and we are on opposite sides of that. So tune in, uh, next spider time, next spider channel. And until then, remember, Even if everyone else mocks it, love the stuff you love.